All right, welcome to the Modular Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. This is podcast number six, and today we're going to talk about the purpose of supplements. Um, so yeah, let's get it, let's get right into it. One of the big misconceptions about supplements is that I, it's being pushed as a must-have for those in the fitness community. But I think what we need to understand is that supplements are just that they supplement, which means they aren't essential, but they assist in achieving your goals. And what I don't don't think much, many people realize that every supplement that we typically see on the market, um, maybe except for multivitamins to a certain extent, but that's a different story for a different podcast, can essentially be attained through diet. Our protein powders, our creatine, uh, other vitamins and minerals, uh, caffeine, you know, these are things that are either found in food that we can consume, uh, they can be created in the body naturally, but I think the thing is they typically aren't produced uh, in enough of an amount uh, to to keep up with the exercise demand. Uh, essentially, what we make in our body is typically only enough for daily living, maybe very light exercise. But again, for those of us that's doing strenuous, strenuous training, uh, these natural levels aren't enough to support the demand that we need during these sessions. So again, we need to remember that supplements are just that, supplements. So I have some, I have specific categories of supplements I want to talk about today. First, let's talk about the pre-workout. I think the pre-workout is probably the second most famous, maybe behind the whey protein powder. Uh, but the purpose of pre-workout was pretty much to give you the energy you need. Um, you know, if you wake up early in the morning, if you're a person that likes to go after you work, you're typically tired, you know, mentally fogged. Um, so the pre-workout is supposed to pretty much get you out of that. You know, supplements we typically see in the pre-workout. Yeah, I, I want to go over how you, how you read these labels. So the, the, the biggest one, obviously, caffeine. Uh, it's the cheapest one. Um, but you see caffeine there. We all know what caffeine does. You know, it keeps you alert. Um, some of these supplements are getting quite ridiculous with the caffeine content. I've seen some as high as 500 milligrams, which is quite ridiculous. I think 300 is 300 milligrams the average. Uh, I typically like to go down to about two. And as we know, your body adapts to it. So one of the issues that you can run into, obviously with the adaptability is if you take a supplement that's at 500 milligrams, right? And you adapt to that. Once you start breaking 500 milligrams, that's when you start getting some very dangerous side effects with heart issues, things like that. So if, if you want to stick with caffeine, I would say you want to start as low as, as slow as you can and then obviously increase over time. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is caffeine, you really don't feel caffeine, right? It's, it's more of a focus thing. The next supplement that we're gonna talk about is the beta alanine. That's the one you typically feel. So if you ever take the pre-workout has beta alanine in it, you feel like the scratchiness on the skin. Uh, it's called parathasia. That the the crawling you feel on your skin that's from beta alanine that's not from caffeine and, and beta alanine is another compound uh, again it is is quite it's quite prevalent um, 
when we beta out in those, uh, you look at beta out in essentially, okay, so beta out is what they call a pH buffer. Uh, it, it, it gets converted to carnosine, uh, or carnosine, excuse me. And what carnosine does as a pH buffer for lactic acid buildup. So, you know, when you exercise and you do a lot of reps, when you get to the end, you start feeling that burn, right? And that's the lactic acid buildup. Now, pH buffers, what they do is they prevent from the acidity from, from getting too low so that you don't feel that burn as soon. It allows you to go longer. All right, and then you couple that with the next supplement, you see a lot of is citrulline. Uh, it can be citrulline malate, uh, just pure L citrulline. L citrulline is a vasodilator. Uh, again, just that what that does is it just opens up uh, blood vessels, so uh, you get more blood oxygen, you know, to your to your muscles. Um, these three, this these three com uh, combinations, I think those are the most essential ones. Um, for those that don't know. I make supplements, handmade supplements, and the blends that I made for myself, those are the, those are the three staples. Caffeine, uh, citrulline, beta-alanine. All right, now, the debate between citrulline and citrulline malate. Malate is somewhere on the, in, in the, the cycle for ATP conversion, so some people consider that citrulline malate to be the superior form. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and, and when I start the science series in a few years, we're gonna cover ATP. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not gonna matter, especially because creatine alone is gonna take up the ATP thing, but we'll talk about that later. Now you, you may see some other things in pre-workout. You may see some um, things like arginine, theanine. Every once in a while, you'll see some, uh, some choline things in there. And just to speak on those, so consuming pure arginine is not beneficial, maybe because a lot of it gets lost. So it's at, you actually have a greater yield from taking that citrulline and having that citrulline being converted to arginine for use. Um, so yes, citrulline gets turned into arginine, but taking pure arginine is not a good replacement. Theanine, theanine uh, by itself, it promotes calmness, of course, but when it's coupled with caffeine, it actually enhances the effect of caffeine. And so what I like to do is I'll take a low dose of caffeine, maybe 100 milligrams, and then take 100 milligrams of theanine. So it boosts, obviously, the effectiveness of caffeine, but I'm not taking more caffeine in. So that's why I like to add theanine to my stuff. And every once in a while, you see some nootropics like choline. Um, and when we say nootropics, these, these are compounds that help with mental clarity, things like that. And I think they're, I think they're quite helpful. Um, because again, with, with cap, you already have caffeine increasing the focus, but you want to have some uh, mental acuity as well. Uh, I think the choline is, is a good uh, addition to a pre-workout. So next, we're going to talk about intra-workouts. I think the most common intra-workout you see are BCAs. Now, I'm going to give a podcast on BCAs. Um, essentially, what, what an intra-workout is, when you consume these BCAs, your body starts consuming those and oxidizing those for energy. Because essentially, you're not gonna eat while you're working out, right? We know that's not gonna happen. So you see people use BCAs instead. So BCAs is pretty much an alternative to eating while working out. Another one you may see, things like Gatorade, which has a different purpose, obviously for um, replenishment, um, but also glucose replenishment as well. 
Now, some intro workouts do have um, carbs in them, and they they have all these different names and Glycomax and look, it's high glycemic index carbs. It's simple sugars. So a lot of these companies try to fool you. I got all this intra pump, intra. They just put sugar in there. All right, uh, it's not that serious. But that's what Gatorade. Gatorade has a lot of sugar in it, but it also has electrolytes, obviously, to replenish um, your electrolytes uh, from when you were sweating. Uh, I I used to do intra workout. Um, I, re- I I don't really do it anymore. I train fasted, so um, I've been conditioned to that. Uh, I would say intra workouts would be good if you know you're going to be doing things for a long time. I, I would do intra workout. And I would say like a lot of these bodybuilders you see on YouTube. You know, they, they put up videos that maybe, you know, 20 minutes. But those people are in the gym, man, you know, two, three hours. And, and at that point, yeah, you probably want some engine workout because that's, that's a long time to be, you know, lifting and not replenishing the glycogen and all that type of stuff. So, um, intra workouts more dependent upon how long your workouts are going. Um, I've done them before myself. So, Next, let's talk about post-workout. I think the most obvious post-workout is your, your protein powders, right? You got to take your protein powders within 30 minutes, the anabolic window. Um, there is some debate on the anabolic window. I do think if protein post-workout is good, I mean, you can take protein pre-workout if you want. Um, but I think that the common conception is post-workout is best. Now, I will say this. Now, if you eat post-workout, you do not need to consume whey protein afterwards, right? Because, again, whey protein is a supplement. It was uh, originally developed for people to get uh, protein intake on the go. But if you're going to eat a full meal, you don't really need it. Um, but it will also help you hit your protein goals, obviously, throughout the day. Because 30 grams of protein... Um, granted, it's not a lot food-wise. Uh, I think I had a sockeye salmon. It's 36 or 39 grams of protein, but convenience, right? If you want to go, um, you know, some people work, you know, work out and then during a lunch break, right? You're not gonna have time to cook right after that. So, protein powder is great. Uh, I think another one we see is creatine. Uh, and so I'm gonna co- I'm gonna cover ATP, but let's go a quick quick breakdown about the deal with creatine. Creatine does work, yes. Creatine you can't get from food because it is a combination of two amino acids. Yes. I think of all supplements, I think creatine will probably be the most important. You can replace whey protein, obviously, by eating. Uh, Do you need caffeine? Mm, That's debatable. Some people can. If you get a good night of sleep, you can wake up with enough energy. Uh, Beta alanine. Yeah, we can take that. We know we'll take some beta alanine. Uh, citrina you can actually get from watermelon. Um, but I, I think creatine, yeah, creatine is is, is the go-to. It's, it's pretty much the gold standard. It's one of the first things that people take when they get into training. Um, and the reason why a lot of the time it's taking, taking post-workout is because creatine is stored in muscles. I believe like 95% of it's stored in muscle and you consume it during workout. So the, the idea was, well, if I consume it during workout, I can replenish it post. And that is true. You can also take it pre. Um, 
if you do if you do pre-workout uh, creatine hydrochloride is better because its absorption is much faster um, typically if you see it post you'll see the monohydrate um, it's cheap and most of the research you see on creatine has been researched on creatine monohydrate all right I would definitely suggest the creatine there uh, but I think oh glutamine is another one we do see glutamine a lot and glutamine was supposed to be this supplement that helped with recovery and this and that and it's been a tough one I, I, yes creatine does help with, with recovery uh excuse me glutamine does help with recovery um, that's been researched they give it to burn victims um to help them recover i'm not too sure if glutamine is going to be good for you talking about that muscular recovery right because because you think about it right when you lift you create these micro tears right to repair the, the muscle the bca is the most prevalent amino acids and muscle so that's where the whey protein comes in it's pretty, pretty much pretty rich in those um those bcas they get in there they repair the muscle that's the anabolic period where essentially your body's scavenging for these amino acids to go ahead and uh repair the, the muscle tissue but glutamine is the most prevalent amino acid in the body, but it has more functions than just muscle repair. A lot of it has to do with uh, immune system support. Um, so it's kind of, I, I was raised on the glutamine post-workout health disorders. And it's weird because the literature shows that's not exactly what it does. But if you do take, if you ever take in glutamine post-workout, it does help with the soreness, right? But it's like, okay, the scientific community doesn't really say that's what it's supposed to do. Um, I would say, why not take it? Um, first of all, it's cheap. Uh, it helps with your immune system. The, your immune system uses a lot, uses a lot of glutamine at that. Um, so yeah, I, I would take that for sure. Along with the creatine, um, monohydrate is the cheapest. Might as well go with that. Uh, and I will cover the di the difference between like you have some supplements that have different form like yeah, creatine monohydrate versus hydrochloride versus ethyl ester versus buffer micronide all that stuff. I will cover that with different um, compounds as well. Um, but yeah, I would definitely take those. But I think one thing that people forget about is carbs because even though creatine stored in the body is converted, you know, creatine phosphate, create ATP, um, glycogen is another one. And glycogen is pretty much glucose molecules that's stored in long polymer, polymer chains in the muscle. But you actually consume that as well. Um, so when you think about the ideal post-workout, um, outside of a meal, obviously, uh, we want some carbs, obviously, to, re to restore glycogen. We want creatine to re uh, restore our, our creatine stores. Um, we'll take glutamine, why not, to help with recovery. Um, yeah, and again, if you can't eat, uh, a meal you can just take those supplements and throw them in a whey protein shake and now you get your amino acids uh, your protein uh, your, your carbs the creatine glutamine you get all that stuff uh, anything outside of that <sighs> yeah a lot, a lot of stuff's a fad man those are the things you really need post-workout I would, I would think I would say anything outside of that we ain't gonna roll with alright um, lastly, we're going to talk about multivitamins. The, the multivitamin, t 
to me is essential. It's not that expensive, but it really covers a wide gamut of deficiencies between vitamins and minerals, all right? Because not a lot of us eat the right way. And that's why the Mom's Vitamin really came out. You know, a lot of us don't eat enough uh, enough red meat, let's say, to, and, and veggies and all that stuff to get iron, to get co uh, the mag magnesium and all that stuff, and manganese, whatever. You know, all, there's a whole bunch of, you know, uh, transition metals there. Um, another thing, you know, I think we should keep in mind with multivitamin is that the time you eat it. And time is important. And the reason why a lot of times it says with the meal is because your vitamins are typically fat soluble and your minerals are water soluble. And so if you take them with a meal where you have fluids and fats from the, from the diet, you can uh, readily absorb that multivitamin. So I think it's a good idea to go ahead and, and get a multivitamin and then, you know, again, just take it after you eat. Um, but yeah, these are just four quick categories. I didn't cover uh, other supplements, things like carnitine, which is a big one. Uh, you know, people use that for fat loss. Um, I didn't cover ashwagandha, tart cherry powder, some of those other ones. And, you know, we can get into those. Um, they are all on the website if you want to look at descriptions of those compounds. But again, this blog is more just uh, to educate. And so, yeah, that, that's my view on supplements. Again, they're just they're just supplements. Um, if you're eating a lot, you really don't need a lot of these. But um, for the sake of convenience, um, these supplements can help you out in the future. So, yeah, we appre I appreciate you for sticking around with me through Podcast 6. And I hope you stay tuned for Podcast 7. Peace.